seven, excuse me, from five to six, you're, you know, you basically have, well, if you're an old student, which means you've already attended a course, then you can have just water or lemon water. Old students can have fruit. And then from six to nine, there's meditation and a Dhamma talk towards the end. So it's, it's a pretty long amount of time spent eating vegetarian food. Uh, but the process in the first three days is to slow down the mind so that the thought is not running on. And because you're sitting such a long amount of time, things come up in your body. And it could be pain, or it could be bliss, or it could be uncomfortableness, or it could be boredom. So a lot of different states come up during this particular process. After the three and a half days, you do Vipassana, which essentially is you feel sensations on top of your head, and then you kind of sweep through your body. You kind of feel your body in a kind of particular way. And what happens is, is thoughts will come up, feelings will come up, pain will come up, and the idea basically is to be equanimous with it. And what's happening, I think, at an unconscious level is it's like, you know, stuff comes up. The way you're dealing with it is you're not reacting to it. And like you're being with it, you're being very present with it. That's like the things called sankaras within the body. Um, let's say, for example, like an engram happens. Let's say when you're a child and you see a person with a beard and for the first time and he's very angry. And so your, your engram or your impact or how your consciousness is loaded is whenever you see in the future that person with that type of beard, you're going to be reacted to. And so those things happen in the body. So this process is to get to the body level without the thought. And by taking your energy and moving it through it, things dissipate. So uh, at the end of the program, you feel a lot lighter. I mean, and also during the course, thoughts come up. It's not that you don't have thoughts, because that's what's creating it you know, in the body. And so anger will come up, or sadness will come up, or frustration will come up, or why am I here? There's so much damn pain. I mean, there's a lot of things that come up in a regular experience of what, 10 days of time that you're normally used to. It kind of pulls you out. But then, uh, like I said, you become lighter and a little more spacious. And then when one goes back into life, you, you get to experience your being in relation to all these different things in a new way. So that's kind of like the process. So that's the one thing through time that's worked for me. So I've tried a variety of different things. So. But it's work. Also, it's just. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Henry Henry Henry. 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 Is that when you come to these courses, you really can't pay for them. Because the intent is that you're building up parmies or things that's good things you do in life. And the reason you're there is because other people have paid for you. Now, at the end of the course, if you have money and you want to pay, then I can whatever you want. You can do that. And so, what's interesting about the um, SM Buenca's groups is that you know, I took a course in 82 or so, they had no centers around the world. Now they have almost over 100 centers. They're self-sufficient. And uh, there's about a boundary. You go there, you, there's no touching, you know. Once you get to Noble Silence and you do your program, like I said, you can always talk to the teacher at lunchtime if you have questions that come up. 
But basically, you're with your stuff, but you have these tools, this technique to be with your stuff in a way that kind of burns them, sometimes transcends them. But all the things that come up in your, your situation here come up in there, but instead of dealing with the mind-body type of experience, it's, it's more a, a level within the body. But if you have that beingness when you experience life, you can kind of watch your experience. And it's not that you're supposed to close off your feeling. You're supposed to feel them. You feel through the experience. But they're like wavelets that come in. Are these centers in the United States? Yeah, they're all around the world now. Do they have some in California? Oh, yeah. They have some in California. I don't know if they have any here. They have some in the United States. There's one in Texas, one in California. Where's the one in California? It's near Fresno. Beautiful place. It's it's, uh, it's actually uh, about a mile out of Yosemite National Park, but it's, it's not. It's about 5,000 feet. There used to be some cross country trucks out in the mountains. Is that right? There are different species there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. We still have a half hour. Do you guys want to take a quick break? Do you want to?
increase in our awareness. So, for example, like the cat. Yeah. 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 So it's simply like a lot of times that's why we're talking about underworld horror stories is because they're functioning outside of our consciousness under under a level of awareness only by owning only by expanding our consciousness to include our awareness of that can we then own it and be responsible for it and if we're responsible then it can change because if I'm not responsible for it then I have no power over there. there's no power to change something or to influence anything that I'm not responsible for doesn't that that puts a whole other, or maybe I'm just now getting this, maybe, that just puts a whole other urgency then on seeking, on not withholding feedback mm -hmm. from each other out of fear of whatever we think somebody will, how they will react to it and punish us because we're robbing them of the chance to be responsible for something. Yeah, by expanding their awareness about it. Right. So if you make that agreement that what you're doing is working on expanding each other's consciousness about everything, really everything. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that I've been feeling a lot is that, it, and maybe this is just me, and it, that's probably so, that I tend to... Um, I work on this a lot by myself. I mean, it is what consumes me most of the time. And I work on it a lot by myself, or I try it out on Frank and try to enroll him in working on it with me or for me instead of this group. Mm -hmm. And so I use this group on Tuesday nights or when, you know, it's spilling over and it's more than I can hold and then I'll I'll go talk to Sue or to Rose or somebody, and but I'm not consistently using and experimenting with this whole group all the time. So even and that doesn't even necessarily mean that I'm not seeing them. It just means that I'm not taking advantage of what I take advantage of in the camp meeting on Tuesday night at a dinner or a lunch or. Yeah, you know, all the other things that we do together. I'm not using that time together well in that way. It is really the, it seems like it's the thing that it would be the result of the practice that we had at the intensive of not talking about things not contained in that, not happening in that space. Mm -hmm. That if we, if I spent my time with this, you know, group of magicians and leaders whom I'm not taking advantage of being with, and if I took advantage of every single moment that I've spent in your presence, then I've increased tremendously my own possibilities and yours. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I've been sitting here feeling all morning, is there's something else that's possible that I don't want you to leave and we didn't get to. So that's that was the purpose of my question. What are your other ideas? And well, see, the, the fun part about this game is that there's no top end to that. You can't ever get to the end of it. It's endless, which is a, there's an endless richness of possibility that unless we're involved in a conversation that, that 
is open to it and intended to, to hear that or to work with that, like the intensive or like this meeting or like that. Those, we, we kind of go down to the lowest common denominator. But when we have the gateway open, all you need, like, there's just an endless opportunity to, of wealth and richness of that. Like the whole, the whole thing is open. It's all open. The magic bag of tricks is completely open. All you got to do is go. I have a need. Reach in there and like, oh, you know, pull out something. But that's, so that's where all this stuff comes from. Like what I keep doing is putting myself in positions of need, where I have to solve impossible problems or create clarity in unknown situations that have never been documented in any books or any whatever, you know, and reach in the magic bag of tricks to serve that need. So it's not my need and it's not my bag of tricks. So neither one is mine. So I'm just serving by being thinking like that. So. It, it's so simple. I mean, it's so profound, the stuff that, that we're talking about. I mean, I was just thinking of a couple of days ago, I was with Fred driving down the road right by his house, and there's this road that you turn up into his house. So he's got this great car. It's this infinity. It's this massive, smooth cruiser mobile. This thing is powerful. And you, cut, you, can, you can accelerate at 60 miles an hour. You can accelerate to 80 and like instantly. It's just this, now that's a car. And you can really move with this thing, and it's smooth, and it goes, and he's driving around this turn right in front of him. See, I'm telling the story again. You get this? Okay. So he's driving around this turn, and we're talking about something cool, something really exciting. We're both into it, and all of a sudden, boom, <coughs> like the right side tire hits this, and he goes, shit! You know how Fred does this? <laughs> and like, the whole space that we were in is completely destroyed, and I'm going like, what happened? <laughs> like, what? And I go, what? You know, because, you know, he's just, that damn pothole in the road. You know, it's just, and it is. It's like, you know, about this deep, about this big, and it's right in the middle of this road. And I just looked at him and go, who is responsible for that pothole in the road? End of conversation. <laughs> but in the moment when he said, shit, that damn pothole, he was playing what? Yeah, powerless. Not not my responsibility. Not my responsibility. I didn't put that hole there. It's somebody else's responsibility. And he therefore my car trashing my car in this hole. And so how could we do that? How could we drive a luxury vehicle over this hole that we know is there fifty million times? Because every time. <laughs> and cuss every time. And forget every time that it's there. Yeah. How could we do that? How, you know, answer, this is not a rhetorical question. Because we're not taking responsibility for the whole. Beep. We're living in the story and we don't see it. It's not, our, and it's not our responsibility. Well, beep. I mean, I'm, what I'm suggesting is, we, it is impossible, irresponsibility is an illusion. That's what I'm suggesting. You have to assume that that vertical line thing on the map of possibility. It implies it's on your paper. It says irresponsibility is an illusion. Which, which means that he put that hole there. He put that hole and is purposely driving over it in order to swear and say shit and be a victim. 
So he's on purpose, though it's an unconscious purpose, but on purpose, driving through this hole, destroying his car, and, play, and pretending like he's a victim in that. This, a powerful guy like that, like this is what we do. So to take it to take it at the level of radical responsibility, there is no such thing as irresponsibility. Then that is where to experiment. That's what to fool around with. Everything that happens, every moment in your life, whatever it is, whatever the thing is, okay, I created this. I made this. I made this. Made this happen just like this, because it's happened. I did it. You know, who's responsible for this light being on? Well, me. So, so who's responsible for anything? You know, whatever for these flowers being here. For even though somebody else put them here, somebody else bought them, somebody else grew them, somebody else, etc. I'm responsible for those flowers being here. Who's responsible for everything? Who? Well then, why are you strangling cats? Why are children hungry? Changing the subject. <laughs> I thought you were looking for an answer. Keep passing time. You're good, Jean, but not in this group. <laughs> I heard that phrase, I think I must have been seven years old or something like that. I don't know but where I heard that phrase, but my memory of it, and it could have been a dream, but my memory of it is I was walking behind these, these this older guy lived down the street, and he was kind of a cool guy, he lived, but he didn't like me. I was just this punk kid, you know, this stupid little boy lived up the street, but somehow he had a younger brother, and I was over there with his younger brother, and I liked him. I mean, the thing that he did was he tried to sell me a bottle of Lug. You guys know what Lug is? It's really gross you out, but you didn't just eat, so I'll tell you. It's like you, you go like this a whole bunch, and you fill, yeah, you fill up this whole bottle of stuff, and he put the cat back on. He was gonna. He told me it was a new kind of soda or something. I didn't have the money, or I would have bought it. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I still liked him, and I think. But there was a time when I was behind him when he was talking to another friend of his and we were walking, we were just walking down the street in the sun. And I just heard one guy tell the other guy, anything less than changing the world is Mickey Mouse. And you were seven years old. Yeah. 
Wow. No idea what to do with that. No idea at all. That or that. Just for you. And you probably forgot it too. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that guy. Maybe. I don't know where he could even get something like that. How old was he? He was 15 or something, maybe. That's the sad part. Communication wasn't even for him. He probably didn't even know you were saying it. Hey, Mary. I always dreamed that kid. I always dreamed like, who is that guy? I want to know that guy. I want to be with that guy. Maybe you are, you don't know. Oh, we were just talking about you. Funny how that happens. You were on your way. Oh, man, we got 12 minutes left. Okay. Go ahead.
it's like a, it's like teaching a. It feels like it's like um, teaching a basic level skill to any practitioner or apprentice. It's like you've got to teach the basics, and you've got to teach someone how to turn the machine on. You've got to teach someone how to use the tools. It has nothing to do with creating the product. Like it's just the basics, and so that information and map making just feels like it's just the basics of laying down the foundation. And that seems, as I hear myself talk, it's like, of course that's right, but I don't have a, I have not understood that in my body before, and I have never had an experience of that, where what happened was was that happening, where it wasn't about collecting information, it wasn't about being fascinated about the idea, it was about experiencing how that might show up. And so even other people's work, in your work, I particularly saw just how it shows up for people to like open that space for themselves, look as much as they can look, and go. And so it was like there was just a, and then to have Porna speak to that was like just confirmation. I just saw, I just had him speak to like the heart of what was happening and and just felt how on he was about just, that if he could walk into the space, know exactly where we had been without knowing where we had been. And so, you know, he was kind to us by saying, I hope that's on, I hope that's right, but and he could walk right into the space and know exactly where we have been traveling. And so, so that's different for me. And the experience of the intensive was different for me. It wasn't, like, the experience for me wasn't about learning something new. It was about trusting something very old. And next. challenge is to do that and, and not understand it, not figure it out, not be arrogant, not tell people, but to really you know, start opening doors. And so I don't, I don't know how that works. You know, I don't think, I don't have, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But a theory that says to give it away, I get it. How can you make that happen over here? How can you make leadership without knowing happen over here? Well, um, I mean, just like I've got to, just like I've got to extract myself, that part of me that like fills up the space, and at the same time start speaking. Like from this, from a, from that solid place, to start speaking, I get scared because I start speaking and I think this is the mind going, and then I'm then sometimes I'm speaking and I know that it's not my mind going, and so, and then sometimes I have the experience of speaking, and it's switching, like because I'm I'm new at this so I'm like clumsy with it. And so, 
sometimes the first 15 minutes of what I have to say is from my head before I can drop down into the place that's not from my head. So that's scary because that doesn't feel reliable and it feels clumsy. And so I know that's what's called for. I know that that's the piece is to, is to continue to speak from this place, to continue to um, you know, voice the source of context for this group and to continue to open doors so that, so that it is a group of people leading rather than a group of people with a leader. I have, I have that experience, and I have the experience of that shifting the last couple of months, but not to the degree where I'm out of the picture. Not to the, you know, I think I'm still in the, in the way of that. And so I guess I'm just being willing to be clumsy and trust the feedback. Trust the, trust the feedback. So how do you practice being clumsy and making it okay when you're with us? been speaking small sections of context when we meet, and it feels like to continue that, to, to speak into the space whenever we meet, it feels like also to get other people, I don't know, but also something else is required, it's like to, Yeah. 
when I extract myself, I feel very safe. And when I just am out of the way, I have a bunch of stuff flowing through my body. Like when I when I leave the group, like then I feel isolated. I'm not doing what I said I would do. Yeah, there's no nobody holding the post. Yeah. Well, up until this weekend, I felt like I needed to not be holding the post. I'm familiar with that. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed last night because I thought, what? Who was I fooling? noticed that we were doing this and I don't I mean I never contemplated where are we going you know where will we end up just that well, maybe we'll do this for a while and no one will notice well won't they notice that we're doing this what that we're gathering together that we're doing the exploration that we're seeking to serve a higher purpose that we are looking at well how we are unconsciously and we are looking at the manifestations of our consciousness that we are beginning to have that conversation, that we are not ignoring it anymore, that we are saying it does exist, that we are honoring it in the space, that we are choosing to gather together in the name of something higher than ourselves. I told you to recap what happened. <laughs> exactly what we've been talking about. Is this better than being at work? that's 
but I asked and that's what you answered and then we got to see it a lot. So that we had just had this conversation when you walked in. And you came in and then you modeled it. I'm thinking about John Holt, what you gave us about John Holt and leader, being a leader, uh, that uh, he, he learned that he couldn't force X to go in the direction of Y, however it said, that he just realized he had to help Y go in the direction that they're going, that whatever small percentage. Which is what I just said for you to do. What could be more fun? thing you did, Miss Fred, was that one o'clock in the morning on the next event, one of those mornings, he's going to tell us about some of those stories that alternative life. I want to ask if he had told us or not. If there's dessert. So we're going back to Denny. Or actually going back to what, it, what shall we call that place? Denny Land or we're Denny going Land. whatever it's not yeah, Denny. Denny <laughs> Land.